and welcome back to another edition of the Michael Deacon Program. I am your host, Michael Deacon. The pleasure is all yours. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. First-time listeners, thank you kindly for finding this. Joining us this evening is Mr. Jeffrey Prather. Mr. Prather is a retired Army officer, ex-DEA, special agent, former DIA, intelligence officer turned whistleblower, and then targeted by our very own government. Surprise, surprise. He, of course, has drawn assignment this evening along with my co-host, Mr. Mike Hideous. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. And now, without further ado, let's get right down to brass tacks, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if only my guests are ready. Yes, they are. Let's bring them in, of course. And so on and so forth. Mike, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm glad you're here. And of course, Jeffrey, welcome to the program. And Mike, of course, welcome back. How are both of you uh, gentlemen doing this evening? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm doing all right. Hello, Michael. How are you? I can't complain. And hello to Mr. Prather. Howdy. Very nice. Uh, Welcome back, Mr. Prather. Welcome to the Michael Deacon program. Always nice to hear you here. Nice to be back with you. Yes, I hope all is well out there for you and uh, your family, Jeffrey. Yeah, we're doing well, but we can see the Bighorn Fire from... uh, I'm looking at it right now out my window. We can see it from our... Our front windows because we're out in the country, but uh, no deaths yet, and uh, firefighters are doing a great job. Very nice. Tell us a little bit more about this fire for those that don't know. Well, what we have here in Arizona are forest fires. Sometimes they're man-made. This one is uh, by lightning uh, because uh, we're right next uh, to the mountains, the Santa Catalinas and the Rincons up there. And so it's been burning for uh, a month, and we can see the flames at night and the smoke during the day. And um, people are having to evacuate from Mount Lemmon. <clears throat> Summer Haven, Mount Lemmon is a little town just uh, an hour straight up from here where you can actually ski uh, in the winter. But the big old growth pines are surviving, and nobody has been killed. So we're doing okay. That's good to hear. And of course, I heard your last episode you did, I believe it was around Father's Day, and you had the family go in there and call in. Oh, you heard that? <laughs> I did. You know, I had no idea that you were adopted. I forgot all about that. I am. Yep. St. Joseph's Orphanage. Yep. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. Was that difficult for you uh, growing up, Jeffrey? No, not at all. My my uh, adopted parents are my parents, and they told me early on uh, but, you know, I, I did find out my wonderful wife found my birth mom much later. And uh, it was funny because uh, she had been in Japan a lot. And, of course, I studied martial arts in Japan. She would had been in love with an Army officer. I was an Army officer. Uh, she was born in Comanche, Oklahoma, Indian Territory, where the Apache are, the Cherokee. And, you know, uh, my adopted dad had taken me to uh, learn about Indian culture. So... The, the similarities were amazing. But I guess the, the big thing is that even under today's laws, I could still have been aborted, although I have nothing to do with the violence uh, that conceived me. 
but that just shows you how stupid and ridiculous uh, the laws are. So, of course, I'm a big uh, pro-life, uh, anti-killing babies advocate. Understood. And, of course, you are the host of the Prather Point, which can be heard at JeffreyPrather.com or on a YouTube Yes, yes. <clears throat> Thanks for, for mentioning that. Yeah, I'm, I try to uh, get the intelligence out to everybody because uh, the mainstream media, the propaganda press is just lying. Right, and of yeah, course you are. Yeah, oh, yes, and of course you are the author of the book, Initiation Boys Are Born and Men Are Trained. <laughs> and of course, Chase Terror on the Border. I believe I owned that now on a Kindle. Oh, dear. Good book so far. Yeah, that chase was going to be a movie with. Uh, I've done a couple movies. Uh, I did a movie with West Duty. He's a Cherokee Vietnam vet. You've seen him in everything: uh, Heat and uh, Lonesome Dove and Avatar. And he just won an Academy Award. And uh, and then uh, he introduced me to Val, but it didn't work out as most movie deals don't. And Initiation is my training with the Apache um, medicine man elder that adopted me as a grandson and trained me in uh, rites of passage for uh, Native adulthood, and that's something I've been teaching for sort of like 35 years now. That's wow. real important. Yeah, that had a profound effect on your life. Yeah, sure did, yeah. The the premise is that uh, the source of our problems today is that um, our kids are killing and raping each other at ever younger ages. They're below 10. They're, they're killing and raping each other now, below puberty. And uh, no society that uh, destroys and predates on their young will survive. And uh, the reason I posit that they are doing that is because we no longer have traditional indigenous rites of passage training. And the Apache still are really good at that. And even though the Apaches are um, like the most fierce of all the North American native tribes, their most important ceremony is the... Naias in Apache and Inde, that Naias means it's happening, but it's commonly translated as sunrise ceremony. And that's when a little girl is having her first moon and becoming uh, a woman. And she kind of becomes Islam de la He, which means white painted lady, and she has special powers and blessings. And so the transition to womanhood and manhood is sacred and filled with duty and obligation. And uh, that's something re that's really lacking today. So. Uh, that's really important. I don't talk about it that much, but that's certainly really, really important. Right. And of course, I like to tag onto that and say the lack of common sense is also something that is running rampant throughout America. Very true. Very true. There's no, I'm working on a, a, a thing called KQ right now, kinetic quotient and working on a site for that and training for that, but there's no kinetic, uh, skill sets anymore. Everything is, um, is theoretical and theoretically socialism and communism sound great. Right. And of course you are a retired army officer, ex DEA special agent. Um, remind the listeners out there, those that are new to this and have never heard of you before. Can you give us a rundown on the situation with you and how that came to be, how you turn to, uh, being a, a whistleblower, essentially, and of course being targeted by our very own government. Yeah, sure. So um, I was uh, commissioned um, in 1984, and I had already been to airborne school as a cadet, 
And so when I was a commissioned an Army second lieutenant and I was military intelligence branch, because I was already airborne qualified, I got a slot into uh, SOCOM, Special Operations Command at Fort Bragg. And so I went in and I uh, got a command of an airborne psychological operations uh, detachment. And that detachment would attach to rangers and to special forces. And so I started deploying, uh, jumping in with them and deploying to Central and South America uh, with them. And so I understand psychological operations very well. Uh, and we are in the middle of several psychological operations uh, being vectored against us right now. Uh, but anyway, I then went over to uh, 7th Special Forces Group and I got to go to uh, Special Operations Tactics course, which was the forerunner to Delta Force, now their combat applications uh, group. But uh, the forerunner actually to Delta Force was Blue Light, and that was the SOT course that I went to. So I became a precision uh, shooter, and uh, <clears throat> I worked some covert ops. Uh, I worked the Contra issues. And while I was at uh, Panama at Fort Sherman, there was a Operational Detachment A team, an ODA, uh, training a bunch of long hair guys, and I thought it was CIA guys, and I went over and it was DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration guys, and that's when they were standing up their uh, snowcap operation, which was where they would take uh, special agents um, of the DEA and <clears throat> train them uh, in a kind of a light uh, special forces or ranger course and then deploy them to host nation police and military Central and South American counter drug units. So because I of my qualifications, I was recruited into the DEA, left active duty as a captain, graduated from the FBI Academy, which is another you know thing in the news right now, um, and because uh, the DEA didn't have their own academy at the time, and I went to the through the DEA special agent course, and then back in '93, I became a DEA firearms instructor, and meanwhile I was stationed on the border in Nogales uh, for 10 years. So very quickly I had a uh, two tons of cocaine seizure. And eventually later on, I had a 10,000 pound um, marijuana seizure. And so uh, when I became a, a senior special agent, now, by the way, I stayed in the reserves. So I, but I, because of my skill sets, I was chopped to, back then it was the FOG, it was Foreign Operations Group. And then it became Ops Group. And then it became, um, intelligence activity, and later on that was rolled into the Defense Intelligence Act, uh, Agency, which is the Pentagon's CIA. Um, and so uh, we are, you may you probably heard of um, Kiki Camarena. He was our uh, very famous agent. He was a former Marine who was very effective against the cartels. He was right. being featured on Narcos and yeah, all that. And so uh, the Miguel and Rafael Caro Quintero tortured and murdered him, and I was extraditing. Oh my God, that's horrible! Right? Oh, you ha you haven't heard of that? Well, I mean, you're you're saying right now. So uh, I mean, just hearing the fact that he was tortured and and killed—that's just they are wicked, wicked, evil people. Very common for the cartel to carry out I know. this sort of They're thing. Just, oh yes, they are horrible. And I've we seen will. Some of the most yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Okay, go ahead, Mike. It's okay. I was just going to say, I've seen some of the most horrifying, inhuman uh, videos and footage of them doing the most horrendous things to people. I, I mean, I, I had nightmares of, about some of the things I've I've seen that they've done to people. Just horrendous, horrendous. That's not even I the worst of it, but yes. 
I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> it is thing. I'm sorry. awful, but yes, we will be talking uh, further about this, uh, the cartel, and a couple of questions people had, Jeffrey, I thought we could sort of address that, the relationship between America and Mexico and why it can't really be disbanded uh, just so soon. There's lots of um, interests, uh, per se. It's a multi-layered issue, uh, Jeff, as you know. Yeah, well, uh, they do they do really horrible things, and they're very, very powerful. But anyway, I was extraditing uh, the first uh, Sinaloan cartel leader, Miguel Caro Quintero. They'd never been extradited. Uh, and once that happened, that's a sea change. Then they wouldn't be safe. But as I worked that issue, um, I found that the hardest thing was my own government. And uh, when the fir- second Gulf War came along, I got activated to the Defense Intelligence Agency's uh, Global Operations Center. And um, so uh, my informant uh, was left uh, in the wind and exposed to the Mexican government in the um, extradition package, which was really a death sentence. So he started to sue the head of the DEA then. It was Michelle Leonard and Karen Tandy, respectively, and they had been attorneys at the Department of Justice. This is This parallels very much what Trump and Flynn have gone through. It's the same template. And so uh, I had staff at the Pentagon, and uh, while I was at the Pentagon, I got a call from DEA headquarters, which is right across the street, and asked me to come over because my, my informant was trying to sue uh, the, the head of the DEA, Leonard. So I went up there, and I looked at the file, and I was like, no, I can't do that. He wants the, the, the $5 million State Department reward. Here's what we've paid him. We paid him a lot of money. Uh, but I, but then I mistakenly, naively, I said, but she and Karen Tandy destroyed my case, my extradition case. Uh, so th- they made me give him a lot of money so he could leave rather than come. And right after that happened, um, they started targeting me. And uh, from 2004 to 2009, they targeted me. They investigated me. They harassed me. They they created fake documents which should sound familiar. <laughs> they right. leaked fake documents wow. uh, about me. And then in 2009, one year from retirement, uh, without ever having a bad evaluation, and they had moved me within two weeks' notice from Tucson to New York, and both of my supervisors in each place gave me outstanding evaluations, and both of them said that I had been targeted. Um, they fired me uh, without ever charging me. Um, and w- eventually what I came to find out was Later on, in the Niebla Zambada trial, which was another Sinaloan cartel leader, because eventually uh, Cara Quintero was extradited, and then other Sinaloan cartel leaders were extradited. And in the Niebla Zambada trial, they were about to um, sentence him. And he goes, wait a minute, I had a deal with the DEA. And so the judge, the federal judge, brought in the DEA agents, and the DEA agents in federal court raised their hands and swore under oath that, yes, the DEA had had a deal with the Sinaloan cartel to let them run drugs north uh, in exchange for the fast and furious guns that ATF was running south. And I'd also been the, the, the DEA liaison agent to ATF. So I had I had started talking to my ATF fellow whistleblowers, Vince Safalo and other really great heroic guys, John Dotson. And so I started to see, you know, what my government was really doing. Uh, and that led me to um, speeches and radio shows, and then I started predicting events. 
Uh, and people would ask me, well, how can you, how can you so accurately predict what they're going to do next? I'm like, because they already did it to me. So what they did to Flynn and Kavanaugh and uh, Trump is none of it is a surprise um, because it's a template that they that they use uh, against anyone who is um, opposing their agenda. Is there a more specifically when you say they in the government, is there any particular side you're talking about? And the reason oh, I sure. ask, well, the reason I ask is because I was wondering, do you feel that President Trump is doing a good job? Do you feel that the administration is doing a good job compared to what you went through at that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had it a lot worse than I have. And, and Flynn has had it a lot worse than than I have. But how you can tell if they're doing a good job uh, is how hard they attack them. <laughs> if they're just going along like uh, Trey Gowdy and Paul Ryan and uh, Lindsey Graham and all those guys that just they, they feign outrage. But they, you know, Flynn. So I wasn't I didn't work for Flynn when I was at the DIA. I worked for Jacoby, Admiral Jacoby and uh, General Maples. But the thing with the DIA is the DIA and the NSA are mostly made up of um, military guys. And, and we're much more patriotic than the civilian guys. So, you know, if you recall, it was Rogers, Admiral Rogers, who was running the NSA, who went to Trump and said, hey, you know, they're spying on you. Um, right. So uh, uh, what I mean by that, the shadow government is an actual term in unconventional warfare. And, uh, you know, I, you got to remember, I serve with special forces in wartime. They do unconventional warfare. And so there's, there's a chart. There's, these are definitions. A shadow government is a, a fake government that is running things behind the scenes. The deep state is who I really worked for. It's the intelligence agencies, primarily the CIA and the Justice Department, primarily the FBI, uh, running all this stuff. And so if you look at that, that's all executive branch stuff. That's all where I, I worked. And of course, uh, Comey and Brennan are now outed uh, as having uh, conspired. It's really a criminal conspiracy. You could bring criminal charges, and we're all hoping that they will, uh, especially with the, the stroke uh, page texts that came out, uh, th well, not text, notes that came out this week with uh, the Flynn uh, dismissal, uh, where it's, you know, Obama, and a lot of us have known this for a long time, just like Fast and Furious, that this came from the, the top. Just like Fast and Furious, Obama uh, enacted uh, executive privilege for the emails of Fast and Furious that went right to the White House. But now uh, these notes have been exposed. These notes <clears throat> are as much of a smoking gun as the tapes were in Watergate. That bad, right? Let's hope something. Let's hope something happens as a result. Well, of, of course, yes. Of, you know, as a result of this evidence coming out, yeah, it seems like so much happens and people get away with everything now. Too much. Too much. Well, we're we are. You know, I have my listeners and and my peerage, and I still talk to them. We're waiting with bated breath, and of course, uh, I don't know if you heard, but just tonight, um, the FBI arrested. Um, a Black Lives Matter uh, leader, Johnson, in Madison, Wisconsin. Of course, they've been doing a lot of burning there and because they have the emails where he was saying, if you don't want your buildings in town burned down, you're going to pay me pay me off. It's extortion, which is really what it is. It's not about black lives 
yeah. matter because it doesn't matter about the 20 million black babies aborted since 1973. It doesn't matter about the 375,000 black, young black men who have killed young black men. It doesn't matter about the black police officers that have been executed. Right. Um, been saying that for months. So it, we're actually starting to see some movement uh, there. Um, and I think that that uh, I think that that may happen because Barr has been targeted uh, as well. I think Barr and Flynn and uh, Kavanaugh and Trump all know this is a zero sum game that they'll never. This isn't just politics. This is they're going to destroy you, destroy your family, lock you up if they can. It's total fascism. It's total communism. It is. You know, black. Of course, I'm sure you guys know Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. Yeah. I. Yeah. The funding, I don't know if you know, comes from uh, not just Soros, but from Saudi. And, of course, yes. the Saudis are the ones that flew the planes into uh, the towers on 9-11. Yes, I hope we can talk a little bit about that because that's a subject we haven't really brushed over here, uh, me and you, uh, Jeffrey. So let, let's hold off on the 9-11 talk because I definitely want to bring it around the bend here. But, of course, let's segue into this. What can only be described as a... Well, a fairy tale year 2020 has been nothing short of a political masquerade, as I like to say. Nothing seems organic these days. All bets are out the window. And of course, I'm looking into my proverbial crystal ball and I'm seeing a great conflict coming with uh, China, maybe North Korea. Tensions are quite high. Yet again, Jeffrey, what, what is going on uh, with that in your opinion? Do you think we will see something of that sort? before we maybe even go and uh, find with each other. Well, that so there's a witch's brew uh, going on. And um, I also, my day job now is I work in competitive intelligence. And um, uh, a lot of people don't even know what that is, but I mostly work in the genetic, the biotech genetic therapy space. So I'm intimately familiar with the COVID-19 covert operation. Right. And I very early on uh, called that it was genetically modified, that is man-made. It has CRISPR elements in it. There's fur and lock. Uh, there are fur and cleavages that are not absent in other SARS uh, COVID. There was a paper published and then it was pulled. And then, of course, Lieber, I, I'm sure you probably know this is uh, Dr. Lieber Harvard, Harvard was right. arrested in January along with two uh, People's Liberation Army spies, one of which was a lieutenant, military intelligence, female military intelligence lieutenant, and they were smuggling out, a, you know, DNA in a vial. So, and he was going, and he got paid out of Wuhan, which is where the the uh, BSL uh, level four biological uh, warfare lab four in Wuhan is. So, I was denying that it was a, it was a. There have been things come out of the uh, wet market there, but this certainly was not that. And so that kind of ties in. It's really uh, divine providence how my life ties in with this. But in the second, uh, in the first Gulf War, um, we knew we had to win really fast because we knew uh, the media would turn against us. Because in Vietnam, although Vietnam started because of a fake Tonkin Gulf incident, uh, when the Tet Offensive happened, we we stopped it cold. We beat them cold. But Walter Cronkite came on and said it was a defeat. And so to me, that's the beginning of fake news. So in the military, uh, especially in PSYOPs, we realized that we got to win fast. So we won that conventional war um, in three weeks. Uh, actually, it's the second Gulf War. I'm sorry. The, then it changed into a unconventional war, an insurgency uh, after that. Um, 
but the Chinese were watching us fight this because we we always have um, obser- observers and two so Ch- two Chinese officers watched us win that war so quickly and they they concluded that nobody can take the United States head on so they adopted a doctrine called unrestricted warfare uh, and again everything I say you can look up it's just not uh, easily found but unrestricted warfare means they would uh, control our economy which they do, our manufacturing process, which they do, our movies, Netflix, and even the great movie Midway, great intelligence movie, uh, you know, they contributed to that. Uh, they've seeded our universities uh, with, uh, so far, there, there's about 54 um, Chinese scientists at American universities that right. have been, either been fired or under investigation under the Thousand Talents program, which is an overt espionage program. Uh, so uh, that's unrestricted warfare. So when Trump, uh, when Trump, um, from a point of strength of leverage, got the Chinese to negotiate a new trade deal, uh, they put in there a clause saying, uh, if there's an act of God, we don't have to obey it because the Chinese always cheat on everything. It's part of their Sun Tzu philosophy. But before that. Uh, Trump had uh, opened up relations with North Korea. And I was stationed in South Korea. And people don't realize that that is a, a they're still at war. It was just a truce. Uh, and it, we were always on an hour recall and very tense for the border to come down, the fences to come down, the troops to come across. Trump should just get the Nobel Peace Prize for that. Uh, or at, Well, there's lots of stuff you can kill an ISIS. But when Trump started to make relations uh, normal with North Korea, North Korea is the client state of China, and so I the like what, in the what state? The what client, state? Client state. Client state. What, what does they that are, mean? They are owned by uh, North Korea. They, or, I'm sorry, they're or North Korea is owned by China. They control them, right. and it's also a land buffer for them. So when Trump started to um, open relations with Kim, uh, what if that happens, uh, that will change the world, a sea change in that the North Koreans who are starving to death, who eat grass and eating each other, uh, they'll start to develop an economy that will raise up the middle class in China, which the middle class in China won't be satisfied with a communist tyranny. Uh, and that will in turn get us out of uh, everything being made in China. And that would change everything. So uh, the Chinese had to do something. So they went along with the treaty. Uh, but then what happens right after he signs the treaty? COVID-19 shows up. And COVID-19 is clearly uh, biologically engineered. It's a bioweapon out of Wuhan. Uh, and it's a bioweapon, but it's not meant to kill us. It, it's a, it's a bioweapon, but it's being used as a psychological vector, psychological operations vector. And the purpose of the psychological operations vector was to scare us into stalling our economy. And it worked. It's probably the biggest psychological operation in history. It stopped not just our economy. It stopped the world economy. Right. And we've seen a meteoric rise in positive uh, COVID-19 cases in various states. Has your opinion on COVID-19 changed since the last time we talked, Jeffrey? No, the the data though the metrics are totally falsified because they're counting death deaths that uh, deaths are from other things. Uh, you know, 
the metrics are terrible because the Democrats want to use that to keep everybody close so they can get um, mail-in voting uh, so they can cheat. Unbelievable. Uh, understood. And of course, uh, Gavin Newsom, I believe he mentioned Imperial County where I am. And uh, we might have to go back a uh, shelter in place even uh, tighter now. Unbelievable. Since uh, things are since things are getting out of control in my little town of El Centro, the numbers are barely beginning to really get out of a hand here. We're actually taking people from this hospital and shipping them out to other hospitals in Southern California. So things are looking quite uh, grim this time around. Well, the, I don't think the fatality rate. So there, the the in the IFR, the infection fatality rate uh, from the latest Stanford study is about or lower than the flu. Uh, but they, for any cause of death, there's, they've even labeled uh, gunshots and accidents uh, as COVID deaths yeah, because they're of, get, uh, they're getting money for that, and that keeps everything closed down uh, so that they can uh, rig the election as well. But the the fatalities death is is really low, um, and also you know it's only affecting uh, older people like me with compromised immune systems. There's no recognizable transmission from kids to adults in the latest studies. Is your immune system compromised? I, I had no idea, Jeff. <laughs> My immune system is way compromised. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I've had malaria. I mean, I've got all shoulder replacements, hip replacements, ulnar nerve replacements, and and I had to have two surgeries when uh, DEA had me in New York. Yeah, it was real tough. So you were banged it's, up. It, yeah, I'm real banged up. Yeah, but it was, I, I, you know, people don't realize it, and I didn't realize it, but until I started talking to other whistleblowers, is the emotional toll that it takes affects your immune system. And you know, Trump and and uh, Flynn, you know, I mean, we're all tough guys, but it is really hard on you. Um, and your family and everything. Oh, yeah, I would have to believe so. And uh, to be honest with you, speaking of Trump, I wasn't at all in favor of Trump uh, going out there to do a rally in uh, Tulsa. You know, it didn't turn out the way the administration expected. And not only that, various staff members on his campaign also tested positive. That, that's got to suck. I mean, even the, the Secret Service agents who worked uh, during the rally have to uh, go in quarantine as well. Yeah, and I know a couple of people have had it, and it's really... Um really nasty but yeah uh, they'll survive i'm sure one person that's died from it you know if you remember in about uh december january a lot of people were were kind of sick and feeling really crappy that's right and i think i think that was actually uh covid19 back then too might might have been i mean i was feeling sick earlier this year as well and that's what reports were indicating or insinuating that california might have had it sooner than the rest of the the country well, the Chinese uh, American, uh, well, uh, Chinese that are working in biotech in California, uh, there's a lot of those folks. There's now there's plenty of very loyal, patriotic, and I know some of them personally in the biotech space that are great uh, Americans of Chinese descent, very much like the 442nd Japanese Americans in World War II, the most decorated um, unit in uh, Europe. Uh, but there, but there are a lot of um, Chinese spies uh, working in our universities sure. on both our coasts. Again, I have to state this: it's been what I could only describe as a fairy tale year. Uh, would you agree with that, uh, Mike and Jeff? It's just insane. Scary. It's, it's um, frightening. This is like something out of a movie. Mister Prather, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, in light of all the 
the grim negativity that's been taking place throughout our country, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Are we, are we, I mean, it just seems like the whole country is falling apart right now. Do we have, is there anything that we can look forward to? Yeah, sure. And I say this all the time is they, they we are winning and, th- and this, but this is what winning looks like. This is not a movie. It doesn't wrap up in an hour and a half and have great music. Winning is hard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> winning is tough. I, I have been saying this for years on everything, you know, and I say this all the time is we're winning, but it isn't fun. It's, it's really hard because so let, let's look at the, let's look at what's happening with China. Okay. China is now a pariah in, in the world, Australia, America, uh, Britain, India, India and China just had hand to hand fighting and the Indian troops broke the necks of like 16 Chinese troops. Yeah, they went at it for those that are living under a rock. And uh, by the way, I have to bring up uh, South Korean uh, president issuing a warning to North Korea. That's the, that's the first time. Wait, say yeah. that again. Say that again. The South Korean president was issuing a warning to uh, North Korea. That, I get, yeah, that's the first time we've seen them stand up for themselves in that way. So tensions are high around the world. And all these things, all these ingredients we have brewing here. I mean, I'm telling you, we're going to see some big conflict down the line. Oh, we're here. already we're already seeing it. We're sending we're sending tro- we have troops on the ground in the Philippines because of Chinese incursions. We have troops on the ground, mostly special forces in Africa because of Chinese. We're countering them everywhere. China is on retreat right now. And in five years, China China's economy is going to be in great uh, trouble as we move our you know, you've seen Trump bring all these. Um, he was here in Phoenix, uh, you know, bringing uh, manufacturing back to America. You know, yeah. we let China take this status. We were That's being right. nice. Uh, right. China is so from a from a warfare. You know, and that's how I do all my intelligence, even my civilian intelligence is, because it's all conflict. It's just different levels of conflict. But uh, China is definitely on the retreat uh, right now, and they're very desperate. Um, on the and so the the COVID nineteen is a total psyop, and it it worked better than they ever thought. I think it worked too good uh, because uh, they've got all kinds of nations uh, against them now. You know, it's kind of like tracers. You know, tracers work both ways. It helps it helps you direct your rounds in, but they can see where you were shooting from uh, too. And then then so that's foreign. That's our enemies foreign. And then domestic is the Black Lives Matter, which I really call a uh, black criminal cult uh, <laughs> because it's only about black criminals. And, and you know, I'm actually quoting, you know, black patriots who are saying this is we're the only we're the only group that, um, you know, blacks are saying we're the only group that uh, protests uh, for our criminals only, not for our uh, murdered unborn children and our young men. And, and that's on the retreat, too, uh, because, again, this is really uh, uh, unconventional warfare insurgents. So these are guys are, are funded. So, you know, I'm sure I've said this before because I've been saying it forever is Fast and Furious was a covert international weapons running operation. And Benghazi was a covert international weapons running operation. And Syria was a covert international weapons running in, uh, operation. And of, then if you look at Chaz, uh, that rapper, uh, there's video of him bringing a car in and opening the trunk and taking out long guns. Yes, you're well, referring to Ras Simone, actually. Yeah, well, that's a that's a covert 
international weapons running operation too. And he's given guns to 18 and 17 year old kids, by the way. Yeah. They don't know how to operate them. Not at all. (laughs) Even though they've played, you know, call of duty 17 or whatever, but they like to take pictures with them. They like taking selfies with them because it makes them look like gangsters. Yeah. But they never fired off an actual firearm before, especially one like that. That's for sure. Well, you saw the, the former Marine who was guarding, uh, the uh, Fox News crew disarm two Antifa guys. He took two long guns away from those guys. That guy's a hero. I didn't even know about that. Oh, really? Yeah, of course not. That's so there's thing, video though. out there of, uh, a, uh, I think it's a Seattle police car burning, and an Antifa guy grabs a long gun, uh, you know, an AR or an M4 out, and fires it into the car. And the former Marine security guard who is guarding the news crews, all these news crews, by the way, have ex-military contractors with guns, by the way. Uh, and he runs, he has his pistol out at Collapsal already and runs up and, and disarms uh, the guy. He's already got one AR under his arm because he'd already taken one away. He took another way. You know, I, I got to say, Mr. Prather, as much as I respect the military, and I do very much um, because they are heroes to this country that protect us and give us the freedom that we live by. But I got to say, um, I, I, I think some of these news, these news, uh, casters and journalists should go into these areas alone because it, it is my personal opinion that I feel, uh, a lot of the problems that are occurring are from these, these news stations, these journalists who are just feeding us crap left and right constantly. So I think they should be on their own. That's just my opinion. Well, yeah, well, the, uh, where was the mayor that the guy dressed up like a woman ran up to? Exactly. And another ex-military guy. And if you look at his packs, you guys saw that one, right? I, I sure did. So if I you look at it. if you look at their backs, you'll see long packs across their backs. Those are long guns. Those there's those are discrete bags with long guns in those bags. I've carried them many times. Uh, so and then you hear her say, where's a policeman when you need one? Well, of course, you know, they don't want the police. Um, but but the point here is, though, if if you want to um, turn the military or retired veterans or ex-cops or just, you know, hunters and cowboys and Indians and hillbillies and rednecks uh, against the Antifa guys, if 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 they want to fight, you know, I really feel sorry for the Antifa guys. <laughs> Very true. Nice. <laughs> well, everything comes in cycles, Mr. Prather. I think you know that. Yes, that's certainly true. It's going on right now, right before our very own eyes. This violence that's occurring, it's right on time, right as expected, right on cue. Yep, election time. Well, there, there's also another reason, I think, um, uh, for that, too. And um, I think you're right. A, a lot of this is timed on both sides, on Trump's side. Uh, and on the left side, but the stroke notes, you, and you know what I'm talking about—the stroke notes where it's where Obama says, "Put the right guys on this." Right? You guys have seen that. I've heard that, but I wasn't sure if that was actually true or not. Yeah, there's those are notes. So when we go to trial, so you know, I always try and differentiate between intelligence, which is analyzed information, and our best guess, which I've handled, and uh, evidence, which is fact. And so evidence is something, you know, you take it out of the bag that you've sealed it in and co-witnessed and everything and you show it, you know, at trial. And so when we are doing a case, we have to keep our notes for our reports. They go into the case file too. 
And so Stroke's notes went into the case file and Stroke's notes reveal uh, that Biden says uh, Logan Act and Obama says put the right guys on this. Uh, and Brennan is sitting there uh, as well, head of the CIA. And so those notes are evidence in a case file. People don't realize how um, significant this is because the, the propaganda press isn't telling anybody, but this was logged in into a case file as evidence, and, and it is there now. It's finally being released. They've tried to hide it. And as many of us have thought, this goes right back to Obama. Obama goes with all this stuff, Fast and Furious, Benghazi, Syria, uh, NSA, IRS, all of it. It's, it's quite interesting to see the ongoing crisis tearing uh, through America's fabric. I have to be honest with you, this cultural revolution that's taking place, it's happening. And it's not being stopped either. Well, that's, that, that's what I was getting at, when Mr. Prather, what Michael just said. That's what I was getting at by saying, you know, do we have any any light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak? It, 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 the, these things that are happening, I find them disturbing as a as a as an American, as a, an American citizen who loves this country and depends on this country um, for my livelihood. I I see everything going down, and I feel like. I feel like nothing's being done. I want retribution for all the, the things that are being being done to my country by these, these crooked politicians. You know what's happening, Mike? Modern day colonialism. I, well, define colonialism. I mean, is that associated with the Antifa and, and, and BLM? Well, it would be defined as a partial political control over a country, occupying it with the people settling in. Yeah. Settlers, yeah. I think that would uh, go hand in hand with what's going on, actually. Yeah, I think you're. I think you can say that, and that's funny because uh, if you're if you're moving in indigenous circles like I do, uh, they're always talking about uh, decolonize. Uh, right. Exactly. The, the, the irony here is they're doing exactly the same thing, you know, and that's the same irony is no borders except Chaz borders are good. No guns except Chaz good guns are good. Um, uh, and, you know, no police except Chaz police. Uh, that's the real irony of that. But to to your point about um, your dismay about what's happened in our country, of course, all of these places are run by Democrats, Democrat uh, and often black police chiefs, uh, mayors, governors. Uh, you know, the last night in Portland, uh, Black Lives Matter barricaded a building and, and and put it on fire, and the police chief with people inside. The police chief says, "Oh, that's immoral and and ethical." And I tweeted, "And it's a it's a arson murder, <laughs> and it's also the use of deadly force is authorized in that clearly." Uh, but the 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 people in charge are not responding now. If Trump can respond federally because of violations of civil rights. But when you're waging an insurgency, an unconventional warfare, one of the things you do is you sabotage things, you burn things, you blow things up because you want to provoke the government that you eventually want to overthrow uh, by bringing in a heavy response. So that alienates the populace from the government. And then the shadow government begins to take on the functions of the government, you know, hospitals, schools, and everything, which is certainly not going to happen with with this group because uh, they don't know anything. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, they're leaderless, uh, Jeffrey. 
Well, they're morons. That Maybe too. They don't, have you seen their Chaz Garden? You know. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. But, That's cute. But uh, <laughs> cute, yeah. But but the point is, is I think Trump. So you know, if you follow Q and you say it's military intelligence guys, and it certainly looks like it is, uh, and it could be Flynn and it could be Trump, um, is that we're aware of unconventional warfare, and so if if Trump came down really hard, I mean, just look at the Blackhawk. The Blackhawk uh, medevac helicopter um, hovering. All it did was hover. I mean, that's nothing. You know, I've jumped out of the Blackhawks. I've uh, repelled. I've uh, fast roped. You know, it's no big deal. But the but just the just the uh, back um, uh, the uproar over a Blackhawk overhead. So that's a big deal to me, by the way. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> but but the point is that yes. he, he we don't want them to control the fight. Whoever we always want to have the initiative in the fight, uh, and we want to control the initiative, and we want to control the ground. And if if somebody shoves you, for, something I show in the dojo all the time is I'll shove one of my young guys, push him back, you know, like guys push each other back, and then of course he comes back in, right? You always see that with guys, right? And then I ask, I say. So who's controlling this fight? And at first they say, well, I am. I'm like, yeah, well, I pushed you and now you're reacting. You're coming back in. I'm controlling this fight, but you think you're controlling this fight. Oh, yes. Resistance and uh, taking advantage of uh, your opposition's resistance uh, to maneuver that individual in ways you want uh, to set up a trip or a takedown. And um, for those that don't know, Jeffrey is also a martial arts instructor. Yeah, I've been in martial arts for over 50 years, and I'm a senior uh, master in my martial art. Um, my dojo has been in town for 30 years. BujinkanUSA.com. There's a little. Uh, Bujinkan means Warrior Spirit School, and my other company, of course, is Warrior School. But if you look at Chaz, what what just happened in Chaz the other day? There was a black guy who got frustrated and said, I've had enough, and he went in and started removing the barricades. The barricades, right. So, so where is the initiative? Because that was a black guy removing the barricades. Because most of the guys in Chaz are now white. A lot of them. Oh, yes. People were fed up. Right. So so that is part of it. And then now you're seeing – and also they, they declared the other day, they declared, hey, we're going to take that statue down. And then uh, Trump had the park police there and they didn't take it down. They said, well, now we're calling for the statue to be taken down. Yes, the cancel culture. We will jump into that in a moment here, but I first have to ask you, uh, Mr. Prather, as someone in law enforcement, what do you make of the several police departments that we all witnessed online and on mainstream media all kneeling down? What's your first initial reaction to that? Well, you know, of course, the, the kneeling starts uh, with uh, Kaepernick, the uh, failed black quarterback. But a lot of people don't know that <laughs> right. he actually sought the advice of a former combat veteran, Green Beret, who turned NFL player. What a stud, huh? Uh, combat veteran, Green Beret, turned NFL. And so and so, um, I think it was uh, Mike Glover, maybe. There's a lot of fabulous heroes. But he said, you know, if you sit, it looks passive. If you're going to do something, kneel. So I, for, I personally don't follow grown males playing kids games. I mean, I appreciate their athletic skill and everything, but I, I'm not interested uh, in that at all. No, same here. I don't really like stick and ball sports. I like uh, combative sports, uh, to be honest, primarily. Yeah. Well, that's about it. Th- and that's a little bit of a, 
of a contradiction because as soon as you game something, it's no longer combat. But absolutely, that's, that's yeah. a different. I wrote an article in SWAT one time about that because um, you, you start to cut corners. Good but point. Th- the point is, I don't really, I don't care if somebody kneels. You know, I even think it's. Uh, uh, I'll. Def- I I respect someone's right to burn the flag. I'll never speak to you again. But um, that's <laughs> that's my right. Um, yes. But you know. Uh, it's strange because now they're tearing down the statue. They want to tear down the statue of the, uh, I think the sl- the freed slave kneeling. I think it's at Lincoln's feet. So when they kneel, it's cool. But um, when anybody else kneels, it's not cool. It's like in Oregon, blacks don't have to wear masks, but whites do. Um, you know, Trump rallies in church are bad. Uh, you should isolate and wear masks. But riots and protests are good. You don't have to wear masks. So there's just no authority because there's no basis. There's no moral basis. Uh, for where they're at. But as a former Leo myself, to see the police retreating is... That's something else, right? Terrible. Because who's really going to suffer, you know, are those uh, those poor, gunless, defenseless people in that neighborhood. And, they, and we've seen plenty of them being beaten to death by the mob. Yeah, we've seen a lot of attacks out there. And of course, Trump has said, removing statues of Presidents Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Jackson... Is not going to happen while he's around. By the around. way, go ahead. By Mike. the way, Michael, the the uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard this on the news today. The Abraham Lincoln statue was also paid for by freed slaves. That's what I read too. Yeah, it okay. was. Yeah. So it just goes to show you the mentality of these morons. Well, it's not about you know. I, a lot of times at my seminars, I show clips from movies, and one of them that I show, a great movie, is Glory. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Glory with uh, Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington and Matthew Broderick. Absolutely. Good film. And there's a fabulous scene in there where they use the N-word, and uh, it's great because Morgan Freeman says, hey, there aren't any uh, of those around here, but if you aren't careful, that's all you'll be because we're men because we're going to fight for our freedom. It's a astounding moment that probably wouldn't get made today oh no, of course a lot of movies won't, wouldn't be made uh, made today Wait, especially which, movies going back to like 2010 2008 go ahead mike i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you that's okay sure? i i have a special announcement to make um i have been a 30 plus year supporter and 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 fan of the show the simpsons and today i read in the news that uh, the Simpsons will no longer have white actors voice characters of color. So as of this point right now, I am no longer a fan of The Simpsons because I think they're, they're taking it to a level just like so many other companies are doing, uh, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, all these companies that just they're just giving into this nonsense. And uh, You forgot NASCAR. Yeah, I know, but I like it. I like NASCAR. Oh, yeah, you're a mark for NASCAR. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I, I like I like the competition of of, of machines and and uh, motorcycles, dragsters, uh, formula cars, uh, and even NASCAR. Uh, if you're if you know if it's a competitive sport such as racing a vehicle, I like it. You're in. but that's just me. That's, yeah. that's just me. Um, Maybe so you were yeah, a bootlegger in, in another life, Mike. Yeah, that's exactly it's it's hillbilly's bootlegging. That's where it all comes from. You're exactly you're exactly right. But you know, right. but the but the real uh, lesson there is that racism against blacks in America is so rare 
that you have to make it up and not just once but twice it's it's the jesse smollett story over again over again um, yeah i don't think most it, people go out there willing and wanting to harm someone else uh, for the most part it's a very small number of people with that sort of uh, mental disorder mr prather i i've said to michael on, on many occasions during this topic that if you can't laugh at yourself, you, you've got a serious problem. And Michael and I, we bust each other all the time, our, our ethnicities. He calls me a greasy wop. I call him a dirty Mexican. It, it's, you know, we don't, we, we laugh. We have a good time. We're not so uptight about it. And that's the problem. People are taking this to such a demented level of, of hatred. And I'm, I'm just so tired of hearing about it. Well, and that, so listen. I hung out with cops and soldiers, so if you want filth, filthy mouths, I can, I can outdo both of you. Right. But, uh, uh, and but you know everybody has a thick skin, and and it's not taken uh, personally. But the whole point of all this is to enrage everyone. I have some students who are liberal, and they're they're university you know uh, professors and stuff, and they're they're being taught to be enraged. And you see these announcements. From these companies saying we're enraged, not we're saddened or we're going to pray or we're going to do something about it, but that we're enraged. So rage doesn't bring anything except chaos. And that's what they're trying to bring. And and I think that um, why they are so focused on uh, black criminals is because uh, that uh, what, what they're really saying is if you're a black criminal, uh, then you get a pass yeah. that, you're, that you're a saint. You know, George Floyd should not have been murdered if he was indeed. There's lots of problems with that video um, in, in, on many levels. Sure. Uh, but um, at the same he time, certainly wasn't a saint. He wasn't so, a hero. He's no I, hero. I mean, what about the gun that he pointed at the black baby inside the black woman's belly when he did the home invasion? Right. Uh, so what you're seeing here is a very directed PSYOP on top of a PSYOP so what I'm saying is COVID-19 was a bioweapon, but it was used for a PSYOP on top of another PSYOP. Are you saying, Jeff, that this is a, this is a multi-layered Trojan horse? I, d I am saying that. Amazing. And the, and the reason I'm saying that, and I haven't said this before, I, I, the first time I've said this is, if it's all about giving black criminals a pass, then what is the real purpose of that? Well, if you look at shadow governments... And, so you see the violations of the CIA with Brennan. You see the violations of the FBI with Comey. You see Fast and Furious. You see Benghazi. But who ran all that? <laughs> oh, I think we know. Obama. Uh, and, yes. so, and, and so uh, what I'm saying is that uh, Hillary and Obama and Holder uh, are traitors and criminals uh, and that this is a shadow government uh, effort. You know, to be honest with you both, this sort of feels like 2016 all over again. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm not it sure is. if you, if you could, you, if both of you gentlemen can remember that, but it seems like we, we aren't very far from what was going on back in 2016. The economy was a wreck and race relations were terrible. And so then Trump fixes the economy and Trump fixes race relations. The, the, the black Trump movement is unbelievable. It's like, if you look at real polls, not the fake polls that all the propaganda, it's like 31, 41% that there's no way they can win. So Trump fixed it, left breaks it. Mr. Prather, what 
what are your your um your thoughts and your your ideas on what may happen uh, after the election if indeed President Trump wins a second term? What do you think will happen? Well, first off, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to win. I mean, Biden's got like five guys and he's clearly a puppet. And I, I get that. I, what I'm concerned about is that they may cheat. That's what I'm concerned about. So the, so I just did another show and um, uh, they were people were asking me about the voting. And of course, they're going to try and cheat with mail-in ballots, although Obama himself has said you can't cheat that well. But uh, there's no big deal about putting the National Guard out at, at polling stations. We've had the National Guard out already for riots and also for COVID-19, for essential logistical delivery. So putting them back out for voting is not a stretch. Uh, but how you can really tell is as an intelligence officer, I'm going to train you guys to be intelligence officers now, is <laughs> is you look at what the enemy's doing. And what did the enemy just put before uh, as a bill that passed with the Democratic House? They just, do you know, they yeah. just they just passed a bill that would not allow the military uh, to have an exclusion for posse comitatus purposes to be used uh, within the United States. Right. So they're already trying now it hasn't passed the Senate yet and it would get vetoed but they're trying to they're already worried about that move being made. We're playing four-dimensional chess here. Although Barr and Trump are way ahead of the the I, left. I got to tell you gentlemen I have never been so complicated by everything that is happening all at once. I I got to tell you if I were the president of the United States, I, I'd, I'd probably go on a rampage. <laughs> I just, I don't know how he does it. You I would really lose don't. it, Mike, if you were the president. I understand that. I'm well aware of that, Michael. And that's why I'm saying, uh, with every, I am so weighed down by everything that is occurring in our country at the very moment. I, I, I don't even know which way to look anymore. Well, which Obama, is why I, I've well, been asking. Mike, Mike sorry? I, I have uh, Obama here wants to uh, say something to you. <laughs> This is what he wants to say. You've got to keep me. fighting. We've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep fighting, right. Mike. I'll keep fighting, buddy. Um, yeah. But we, you, know, uh, um, you know, what I'm just trying to say is that I, I, I've, I've seen so much and I've heard so much. There's days, I, uh, weeks, I have to go without listening to the radio, uh, you know, because I listen to these daytime, uh, you know, new uh, uh, talk shows. Uh oh, you get triggered, Mike. I get triggered. I get triggered. And, and I got to be honest with you. The only one I really like is Mark Levin. That's Mark it. Levin. All, and I know you're not a big fan of him, Michael, but I got to tell you, out of all the talk show hosts that come on, he's the only one that gets on and gets to the point. There's no none of this bullshit about music playing and the repeating of, of the beginning of the show. It, it, he gets right to the point and he doesn't repeat himself. He, he does the, the story like it and he's a smart man. And I got to be honest, a lot of the information that I get that I bring to this show comes from him. Really? So, absolutely. So, what I'm trying to tell you is that you know I I'll hear all this this insanity day after day after day, and I got to go on periods where I take a break. I I can't listen to it for like a week or so, sometimes longer. Wow. And I know that puts me out of the loop, but at the same time, I I can't sleep at night. You got to care about your your mental health. Exactly. Wow. I know it's that bad, Mike. It's gotten well. I mean, look at the position I'm in, Michael. Well, that's true. Um, you know, I'm I'm worried about my finances. I'm I'm worried about I'm worried about the 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 safety of not only myself but other innocent Americans. I'm worried about the the uh, the 
welfare of our country. Well, those are about- those are rational fears, of course, Mike, and uh, lots of Americans out there uh, with plenty of issues as well. It's a it's a crazy year, no doubt, Mike. And I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Mike, but no, I just wanted no, to bring okay. in a, a listener really quickly here. They've been calling in. Uh, listener, are you with us? Hello, Mike. Mike, Mr. Crowder, this is Enlightened Preparing. Very nice. Hang tight there. Uh, Mike, go ahead and finish your thought. I just wanted to make sure we had the caller. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, all I'm saying is that I, I sincerely feel that we are we, we are in a position that I don't think this country has ever been in except for the Civil War. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm only going based on the, the education I know of, of our history as a country. And I know there have been other crises that, crises that have taken place in our country, but this is the only thing I can compare it to is, is the Civil War because that's what I feel like we are headed into, if not already, in a cold Civil War. So I, I'm – um, no, what's happening? We definitely are. This is a bit of a Cold War uh, scenario, what's going on right now. It, uh, very true and very rational, Mike. Um, uh, just remember to uh, stay level-headed, I, I'm trying, as always. Brother. I'm trying. That's I know, why when I listen hard. To, to Mr. Prather, I, I, I value and respect his, his knowledge, his opinions, because of what he's done and what he's been through. Uh, Mr. Prather, I, I really do respect you. I, I love when you come on. Uh, you you really uh, tantalize my senses, if, for lack of a better term. But um, you know, I, I greatly appreciate your and respect your uh, your knowledge on on all this subject matter. Well, thanks. So we we started to talk about this before we went on the air, and so at the beginning of every class in the dojo, and at the end of every class, at the beginning of every morning. Uh, at the beginning of every horsemanship, at the beginning of every service and end of every service of my chaplaincy, ChristChaplaincy.com, there is silent kinetic prayer, which you can call mindfulness if you want. It's it's em- standing up, emptying out, and coming to center and actively listening and emptying. And uh, part of the psyop that's going on, or if I used um, uh, spiritual terms, oppression or obsession. Uh, is how you how you manage that is delete on yourself all the crap, come back to center, open up, uh, and just listen. And so I do that in every class, uh, every day. I start my day off that way, end it that way. Everything is a cycle with that because that's what that's what the enraging of the mob is about. Just like with Hitler's ceremonies, but I don't want to forget about the caller. Oh yes, we will definitely bring in, uh, bring in the caller. But don't worry, Mike. The left pushing that a the pushing that a socialist Marxist uh, agenda. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, caller, what's going on? I I'm sorry to put you on hold there. Oh no, Mike. It's it's wonderful, man. I can listen on my phone or listen on the uh, internet. It's it's all good, man. I'm uh I'm happy to listen and happy to contribute. Thanks for taking my call. Let me start with Mike. Go ahead. Um, Myke. Stressing out, worrying, not good, man. There's more uh, trauma is going to happen to your body from stress, disease, illness, often stress. You're just throwing your, your pH out of balance. Try like a half a teaspoon of uh, baking soda in the water in the morning. Um, this will help bring your body into a balance and don't let stress get you. But let me get Thanks, to uh, Mr. Mr. Prather, sir. I, I don't, I didn't catch your rank, but uh, you're, I marvel at your intelligence on many levels. Um, I could I could be long-winded, and I'll try not to. I'll speed off a couple questions. We'll start with a silly one. What's your thoughts on JFK Jr., John John? You think he's uh, faked his own death and he's kind of around uh, quarterback in the Q thing? 
<laughs> I know who you're talking about. Well, I'm a major, a retired major. I used to say major pain in the butt um, <laughs> uh, to my chain of command. Go, sir. But um, uh, I know who you're talking about, uh, Vince, somebody. And my answer to that is irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's not relevant to the to the what's going on either way. So uh, we yes, have to stay focused on what's important. And, and I was just curious. So. Uh, it is a movement. It is uh, it is alive in the hearts of all those that are, uh, as Senator uh, General Flynn calls us, the digital soldiers. Yeah, well, a lot of people say Q is the Q clearance of DOE. And, of course, I had a top secret uh, SCI clearance. My, I had actually two, a DOD one and a DOJ one. Uh, and I worked in a lot of SCIFs, secret compartment information facilities. Yes. But Q can also be NSA's Q group, which is going after Snowden. Um and uh, it could be Trump. It could be Flynn, um, because Flynn said he was going to reform the intelligence community and he wasn't going to dismiss Pizzagate until he had checked it out. And Obama and again, look at what the enemy does. Obama, Obama's one main thought to Trump was get rid of Flynn. I'm sorry. You're what absolutely you right, sir. I look at uh, Lieutenant General Flynn as our modern day uh, old Gilman. I uh, Major General uh, Smedley Butler. With the business plot 2.0, he just kind of revamped it and retooled it. Um, another question I have on the old Wu flu, the, uh, there's some information I come across that leads me to believe that it is a, what would be called a nano flu, um, binary agents that need different parts and pieces. Like everybody who died and got majorly affected, they had all received flu shots, which activated with the Wu flu. Um, and then the vaccine is like the trifecta that binds it and RFIDs it and tags you on the big uh, Skynet uh, space grid. And uh, and then I believe that we all have it, that they sprayed on us with the geoengineering trails in the sky, laymanly called chemtrails. I think that we all have these nanoparticles in our body regardless. It's just a matter of did you get the second agent to make you sick. And then with the uh, the different transmitters, they can activate things and directed, uh, what do you say, uh, a targeted, a TI, a targeted individual. So that makes the uh, the beast tech uh, all, all that much more uh, capable. Well, that was a lot, <laughs> but uh, yeah. the blue, the blue, <laughs> and you're obviously a vet and, and maybe a former cop too, from the way you talk. Uh, so thanks for your service too. But the blue flu is certainly happening. Uh, I put out a tweet about Atlanta. I'm, I got, um, you know, I'm I'm still in touch with a. Uh, a lot of my brothers and sisters and uh, blue flus happen in Atlanta. And I was saying, get out of there, especially by July 4th. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, burning um, cities as well. The, the nanotechnology, I actually work in that space and that is certainly uh, real. And I, I assume you're referring to Gates's um, nanotechnology uh, with the vaccine stuff that he's working on. And, and that is certainly, uh, real as well. And the RFID activators for that. Yeah, that stuff is possible. Um, that goes back to ancient, um, wisdom practices of, you know, white, white powder, uh, red, gold, and silver and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, as well. But it's not even necessary because, uh, the, the, uh, programming that is done by, legal drugs and um all these big industries that have been extorted uh it's 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 already irrelevant it's already happening it doesn't have to be any more um than it is because you can't have rational conversations with a lot of these people you can look up soviet propagandists um 
and and North Korean and China uh, propagandist experts that have said, you know, even if you show them Venezuela, even if you show them the Soviet Union of China, they would not believe it. That has already happened. And that's a 20 year cycle. Yeah, so, yes, sir. Only one thing I'll add or correct here is that I wasn't saying the blue flu is in law enforcement calling off, um, which is a real problem, especially with uh, the fire department and so on. I was met. There was a joke about Wu, uh, Wuhan, the Wu flu. Was, uh, the president called oh, the, the Kung Wu flu, flu yeah. or the CCP the scam, flu. Yeah, the scamdemic, the plandemic. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Cer- I like certainly. to call it a but, control but virus. But what's going to happen there is roll- as we – sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it's a control virus. They're using this to transition us from the global economy to the sci-fi economy, the Star Trek-based stuff, and uh, to implement the uh, the global reset and uh, usher in the 1984. Yeah, agreed. I just don't think it's working. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's working at all for them because what you're going to see, and you're already seeing it. So when the Seattle mayor said we're going to take down CHOP, it wasn't for the, the, the poor people in, inside, the business people and everything that are already moving their restaurants to Arizona. It was because a billion-dollar investment firm left. Uh, and so what you're going to see is you're already seeing the end of nation states because uh, the cartels and Amazon and Google are not um, – about countries, they are uh, transnational corporate areas, but you're going to see feudal city-states come back into place, but a lot of them are going to be burned out, like Chicago and Detroit, and then some of them are going to hold and and turn. I believe it's the Trojan horse, sir. I think they're going to come in through Minnesota stand and Dearbornistan and use it to uh, divide our country and bring in the uh, Kegel Kegel Treaty and bring in the uh, member nations to restore peace. Uh, I think it's pretty sinister. You're talking about U.N. forces coming in? Yes, sir. The uh, uh, Obama had John Kerry sign us illegally, of course, to the uh, I might the Kyoto key no not Kyoto the key eight I always call it Kegel the Kegel Accord. There's 29 30 member nations. If any nation has violence to its citizens, that the other nations will step forward and come through in defense. I can see that happening in Dearbornistan and uh, Minnesota stand. Well, there, yes, but you know, if 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 you ever saw blue helmets in America, every cowboy, Indian, hillbilly, redneck, briar. I mean, once the metrosexual coasts fall, which they will, then everybody else that would just unite everybody. Yamamoto uh, even said that. But to your point, the you know the initial call for George Floyd was about a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. And of course, Floyd and the cop knew each other on a first name basis. And of course, there was a $900,000 seizure of, of counterfeit bills by CBP at the border. So it looks like to me it was, if it is real, and there's lots of problems with the video, which doesn't mean, yes, sir. it doesn't mean that the killing isn't real. It just means the video is faked. But it looks like that Floyd was released as an informant. Uh, cops were running a counterfeit operation because I used to seize 99 one kilo cocaine packages with beautiful scorpion stickers. And my question was, where was the hundredth? The hundredth was a payoff for whoever moved it or a bribe a mordida or whatever. So if it's $900,000 seizure, where's the other? I think Floyd had one of those bills. Last time I checked, uh, uh, police officers have no Secret Service counterfeit bill training. Uh, sir, that's, the, the call, uh, the that's what the call was. Is, oh, I'm sorry? The initial call was for a counterfeit bill. As far as I know, beat cops uh, don't yeah, know anything yes, about sir. Secret Service counterfeit training. 
And that goes to the Secret Service. When you get uh, anything uh, counterfeit, you know, the, the PD will hold you or whatever local Leo will hold you till Secret Service shows up and uh, to clear the, the in question, which falls under the Treasury, um, which really is a complicated matter. But to your comment on Yamamoto, the difference, and I'm fully with this, sir. I'm a, I'm a Marine veteran, and I'm still a Minuteman today. Every bit is ready, if not more so now than I was 25 years ago. The, uh, it's the 21st century warfare. Fourth generation warfare is not as simple as, uh, you know, muskets and, you know, it's much more complex. And as to the counterfeit operation with Floyd uh, and the police there, these a uh, lot of um, facts that aren't being omitted and nobody's talking about it. But, yeah, they worked together for 17 years. And the club that they worked out of, worked out of um, they were trafficking more than uh, money. And that club shut down in December or maybe January, I'll say December, and then it burned down in the night of rioting, so everything just kind of disappeared evidence-wise. Um, there's definitely more than meets the eye. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with that. And that goes to when Trump uh, passed the um, executive order on human trafficking where you could seize assets. And that's why you saw did. all these guys leave, all of a sudden uh, close shop, and I can't think of Trump's the name of uh, Trump's security head, but he quietly left um, yes, once sir. Secret Service took over, and he's and that's when you started seeing all of the arrests, all the child trafficking, um, all that started happening. Um, so yeah, there, yeah it's it's really true. going yeah. on behind and the yeah, scenes. Yeah, his personal security officers uh, for for like decades. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll he, he was an NYPD guy. Caveat here into uh, another point with executive orders, and and I'm a Trumpster through and through. But uh, more more than our POTUS that I love is the Constitution and the Republic. So if if, if the Commander-in-Chief violates the Constitution, I, I don't like that. And he just put an executive order through on uh, flag burning and how it's a crime. And the only crime you got going on would be uh, arson, possibly, maybe inciting a riot, um, possibly. But you have the right to burn the flag. And I got the right to get in your fillet face and tell you why you're wrong and uh, perhaps go to you into combat where I would, like, you know, punish you for your uh, <laughs> stupidity. Um, but you have the right to burn the flag. So if he makes an executive order that says you can't burn the flag, that's just some tyrantic stuff. Yeah, I agree with you totally there. But, you know, taxpayer-funded monuments and all these uh, hits on, um, you know, one of the black uh, federal protectus officers that was executed by a guy getting out of a van, and it looks like he was an active-duty Air Force guy, and he may have uh, shot two of the uh, SOs as well. Yes, sir. Uh, that's a terrorist, and JTTF should be working on that, and then hopefully they start. They they actually will they because be. the FBI they hasn't be, done sir. anything. If I have information on that, they have to have information on that because in response to those uh, to those crimes, that officer, that Air Force officer, he worked on a flight crew, and, and they put a flight of uh, of people, personnel, going out of the country, and that and that uh, C I believe C one thirty it was. It, it went down in as it came into Iraq landing in yep. Iraq. And why? Because it had BLM uh, Antifa types on there that were uh, being aided and embedded in their terrorists. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of everything you're saying. And you are correct. Those, so I got to tell you that uh, federal law, law enforcement, whether it's FBI or whether it's uh, Border Patrol, when they're trying to deal with professional paramilitary and para-intelligence, whether it's drug cartels or whether it's anti Antifa uh, terrorists, it's way it's way past the, their level. The the FBI techniques are very dated um, of what they're doing. Um, you know, I know of a, a an ICE agent uh, 
who was, um, she was from Mexico. She moved up through the ranks, became an 1811 special agent. Turned out that she was a, um, an operative for the cartels. Uh, they caught her finally, but, uh, wow. law enforcement doesn't have much understanding of counterterrorism or counterintelligence operations. The FBI yeah. is, we've never inside that, you know, civilians think it's the SEALs and the FBI inside there. You know, we're like the FBI, uh, you know, so right. I agree with you. Uh, thank you, call caller, for uh, that wonderful call there. We will talk to you soon. Oh, you're welcome. It was a true pleasure. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Professor, I've never heard you before, but I got your website, and I'll definitely be uh, lending you an ear in the future. Thank you oh, for your yeah, service. I'll, and, I'll, be, uh, uh, night, Mike yeah, Mike. I'll be on Sunday Live on my show. And, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Prather, I'm there too. Yeah, got a lot of content. Thanks for, thanks for your honor. service there, Maureen. Good night. Thank you. Good night. That's at jeffreyprather.com, where you can find more content from our guest, Mr. Jeffrey Prather here. And of course, uh, Jeffrey, as we wind down here, I did want to throw you a bit of a curveball. And as you are well aware, yet another 9-11 anniversary is on the horizon. And I just wanted to know, I just wanted to know your opinion on what occurred that Tuesday morning on September 11th. Oh my gosh, this, uh, this... (laughs) Everybody always gets so upset with me. Is uh-huh. Building Seven? Yeah, certainly didn't come down. Um, I uh, the videotapes are gone for the Pentagon. I was at Ground Zero after on both. Um, uh, you know, as as much as I know, uh, and I'm not an expert on this, that uh, planes did fly into the uh, the towers, and uh, that I happened, was yes. a count a peerage. Tony Schaefer on Fox. He and I were both at DIA. He was in Afghanistan when I was in D.C. He was working a lot harder than I was, but he had he had found uh, Bin Laden, and and he and then Rick Rescorla, who was a veteran of the um, Natrang Valley, that we were soldiers battle, was like me, uh, a corporate security guy, and he had predicted an airborne attack as well, and he got all his people out and died going back in to get other people out. Um, so. Uh, and then the FBI here in Prescott had wanted to work the uh, the terrorists who were learning how to fly but not land planes, uh, and they were told to do something else. So it was a colossal intelligence failure. It was the Saudis, um, and we certainly uh, missed it. And it looks like we collaborated with it because of oil. But I but I personally think that uh, planes did fly into Twin Towers, Building Seven. No. And did somebody try and go in there and uh, demo them later? No, maybe. You know, if you watch We Were Soldiers, you can see guys wrapping debt cord on trees real quick and dropping them to make another LZ. Uh, that's that's possible uh, as well. Um, the Pentagon, I don't know about. I know the flight trajectory is real low. I was at the, you know, I've spent a lot of time at the Pentagon and the DEA and marshals right across the street. Uh, and uh, I don't know where the tape is. I've talked to people who said they... They could see the plane. They could see the faces in the window of the plane. Um, but I'm not, you know, I only know what I know. I talk about what I know uh, and what I can uh, talk to intelligently. Um, and I certainly don't know that much about that. I know that upsets a lot of people. That's okay. Um, I've been on other shows where people just then wrote me off because, you know, I I did not totally say that, you know, we blew up the buildings and everything. And I, you know, I can only say what I I always try and stick to my evidence and my intelligence as much as I know. Exactly. And if you don't know, then you don't know. That's a reasonable answer, in my opinion. 
Um, would you say the Bush administration is uh, partially uh, to blame for either knowing that the attacks were going to happen and didn't say anything uh, to protect people or for actually causing the damage uh, through direct actions? What, what would you say? Well, I think it's from what I just said, I think it's pretty evident that they so the, the intelligence community, you know, Tony Schaefer had data mined Osama. Uh, the FBI agents here had wanted to investigate. They were both told to stand down. The guys on the ground, it's, I'm, have you seen Midway? Yeah. Yes. So that's a great, that's a great remake and it's very realistic and it's an intelligence officer's great movie. You know, after Pearl, you know, uh, Sink goes, Hey, the next guy, you talk harder to the next guy. This is what happens with us in intelligence all the time is people don't listen to us, uh, because, it doesn't fit, you know, their paradigm, and it's and it's uh, it's upsetting. And so that part of that was, you know, people just don't listen. Part of it, I think, was certainly that a lot of our deep state was in on it. Uh, but the but the great thing now is uh, that Trump is exposing the deep state, and citizen journalists like you two are exposing the deep state. So just like the last caller, he's a Minuteman. Um, you guys are digital uh, Minutemen as well. And you just can't, um, you can't stamp them all out. Um, Understood. Wow. Yes. And we definitely are winding down. And before we close up, Mike, did you have any final questions for our guest? Well, first of all, I wanted to make a, a just a quick statement on what Mr. Prather just said. Um, I, I, I'm very flattered that he, he feels that way about us, Michael. And I, 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 I never thought of us that way before, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess we are doing something good and I hope we can reach people out there to make them understand what, what this country is about. And it may have its problems, but for the most part, we, um, we got to get things back into order. So having said that, uh, Mr. Prather, uh, it's always a, an honor and a pleasure to have you on this show. I, I really enjoy hearing the things that you have to say and, and tell us about. Right back at you. And you are doing it. And it's really important. And so uh, keep the faith and keep going. We are winning. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the program. Mr. Prather, we will definitely have to do this again in the near yes. future. Will do. No problem. That's JeffreyPrather.com. Check him out there or on YouTube. Just look for his name and you'll find all his content. Once again, thank you so much and see you on the other side. Stay safe out there. Thank you, you Mr. Prather. Take You're care. Most welcome. Take care. Good Bye-bye. night. And there he goes, boys and girls, Mr. Jeffrey Prather. And uh, what a show that was, Mike. Yeah, it, it always is with him. Uh, he fascinates me. He always he he never fails at uh, making me um, a little bit more nervous than I already am. <laughs> more nervous. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, as you know, I, I've just been really stressed out lately. And, uh, you know, just, he, he says things like, you know, we're winning and all, but for me, I, I mean, it's very hard for me to, to, to sit back and just see the things that are taking place. I feel like – I always feel like we're on the losing side and I get very, very worried because I think things were fine the way they were. Everything was okay. Um, I don't know. I, I'm the kind of guy who just wants to go back to the 80s and the 90s where things were just super cool. Yes. I'm Barack Obama. <laughs> and when I think about this boy – I think about my own kids. Oh, boy. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep it. Yeah. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. You can keep it, Mike.
Yeah, I heard that before. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, once again, it's been uh, fun to do the program with you here yet again. And, of course, you know, I have to torture you now, as I always do. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get off on this, don't you? <laughs> I really do. God rules. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. I had every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I holy stand ground. is holy. Love it. <laughs> to say no to President Trump would be saying no to God. And, and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. I'll let every demonic network that my has aligned part. itself against the purpose, against the calling of wait. President Trump, let it be broken, let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading Here we heaven. go, Mike. Oh, my God. <laughs> what language is that, Mike? That's called stupidity language. That's a that's a weird one, right? Yes. And I, I kind of know I'm a little bit cute. I, I, I've heard, I've, I've actually heard and seen footage of people that do the uh, speaking in tongues uh, sermons or whatever you want to call them, but they're, they're really silly. Very um, silly. You know, I don't know where they come up with this idea that uh, whatever they're saying is supposed to be some ancient uh, tongue. It's really, it's baby talk is what it is. It's stupidity. They're talking to God, Mike. How dare you? <clears throat> yeah, well, go on. <laughs> Once again, Mike, I want to thank you uh, so much for being a part of the program. Always a honor and pleasure to have you here. And of course, if you are a fan of the program, please subscribe to the program on YouTube, and of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, and a whole lot of other places as well. Mike, go ahead and plug anything you'd like. I'd like to plug, uh, thanks, thanks for being uh, the uh, great host that you are, Michael, and thanks for having me as your co-host, and thank you everyone for listening tonight. Mike would like to uh, plug an Instagram model right now. I would? I don't even know what Instagram is. Oh my. Mike, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So once again, Mike, I will talk to you uh, tomorrow as we have another program to do with Mr. Dean Ryan. Yes, sir. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, buddy. Thank you. Take you care, buddy. Night, okay. Yes, sir. Good night, everyone. Good night. Mahalo. And uh, there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Mr. Mike Hideous. And of course, if you are a listener, a hardcore listener of the program, please direct yourself to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Yes, lots of shows are being planned out. I apologize for the delay. You are dying out there, enlightened and preparing. Yes, thank you for the call, by the way. And of course, international listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. It's been a very interesting night yet again, to say the very, very least. Stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are. On this island earth, I'm Michael Deacon, and with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.